so excited because this is only episode number two, and I have an awesome guest for you guys. Her name's Brandy Tebow from the beautiful beach town of Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. And I be, we became connected through Facebook, of course, good old Facebook, and a mutual friend who knew she had an amazing story to share with everyone else. So I'm very, very happy to have her on the Women of Grit podcast today for episode number two. Welcome, Brandy. Thank you. And I want to start with uh, introducing yourself. Just give us a little rundown on, on just where you grew up and maybe a little bit about what you love about where you live now, which is she's pretty much my neighbor here in the Destin area. And then maybe what you do for a living and maybe a little about um, any kids you have. Okay, sure. Um, My name is Brandy Tebow, and and I live and have spent most of the past 20 years in beautiful Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Um, I was born in Baton Rouge, but not really from anywhere, as I've lived in many different homes and places in my life. Um, I have one beautiful daughter, and I've got some well-loved fur babies as well. Um, I have a paint business and do anything from interior painting to anything involving updating or decluttering a home. Nice. absolutely love this area it's just um you know going into walmart and seeing everyone you know we're into Publix or going to the beach and just relaxing with friends and family that are close by it's i I love it absolutely it definitely puts us in that just ease of you know easing our mind clearing our heads we have Mm -hmm. that ability because we can in your case probably walk down to the beach and i'm pretty much across the street so i can get in my car and drive there Or ride my bike. So it is, we do have um, a little blessing there for both of us, right? (laughs) Yes. I always say too that the sunsets and the sunrises here are nothing like anywhere else. It's amazing. And I feel like I'm so close to God in those moments when it's just me in the morning sunrise or sunset. Absolutely. So I want to move on to, um, you know, starting to tell everybody a little bit about the story that you and I, we had a little discussion already on the phone about it and I was really touched personally by all that you've been through and, and how you've, you've come through that. So, you know, you have an incredible story. I wanted you to tell us about some of your experiences like early on as a child and what things did you experience that you believe, um, you know, made you feel defeated or unloved or just unworthy early on in your life. But I want you also to share what you're comfortable with, because I know these are very sensitive issues. And sometimes, you know, we need it. We keep things to ourselves, and sometimes we're willing to share with others our experience. So just go with what you're comfortable with. On sure. that question, okay. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, um, talking about things, I think, you know, a lot of people think it, it you know, want to hide what they're, what they've been through. And sometimes that, um, you know, sometimes talking about it heals you to where you can get to the point where I'm at now in my life. So, um, absolutely. But yeah, so my parents got divorced when I was six. Um, and I never saw my dad again until I was 18. And he actually, I, that's how I got here to Santa Rosa beach was because he lived here. Um, but you know, throughout life, I always, I, I wanted a dad. I wanted a daddy. And I remember writing him a letter when I was 18. Um, and on the envelope, I wrote daddy, um, because I was still, you know, kind of drawn to that, needing that in my life. Um, and in the letter, I just told him how much I loved him and that I'd wished that he would include me in his life. Wow. Um, 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, and as a baby, I was really colicky. Um, I threw up a lot. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I live with severe vertigo at times. And I've had every test under the sun to figure out why with no answer. Um, and, you know, for some reason, my mom told me later in life that my dad would hang me by my ankles oh. um, and shake me when I'd cry. And I kind of, you know, relate that to what I go through every day of my life. So, um, gosh, yes, I would yeah. think that would be a lasting effect of of how you, you know, with, with all the things we go through growing pains and how our body changes. And if that was done often, yeah, I would definitely think that would be something that would be long lasting. Badly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started, um, I started being sexually abused when I was eight and it was oh. first by my mom's boyfriend. Um, and then again, when I was 10 by my great grandfather on my mom's side, um, and that it didn't end there. Um, also when, I was about 12, I guess. My mom started attempting suicide. And wow. I'll, I'll start off by saying she was a pretty amazing mom in so many ways and did the best she could, um, raising six kids alone. But I remember the first time that she tried, um, she said bye to each of us in her room. And she, she was in her bed, and she told us that she was going to die. Um, the next thing we knew, and she, I think she told us at the time that she was sick. Um, and the next thing we knew, we were at my neighbor's house, the Andersons, and as they were pumping her stomach. Uh, but the suicide attempts, it's just started to become part of life. And, you know, every two weeks, sometimes it would go stretch out to be a few months, be, you know, before she would attempt again. But she would take the pills um, as we'd all be in our rooms screaming for her to stop. And, and I believe this all started after she had a hysterectomy. And so um, she wasn't taking her hormone medicines. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we were young, so I don't really know exactly what it all stemmed from. But um, she was so amazing in so many ways. She had breakfast on the table at six o'clock in the morning and we read scriptures every morning as we ate our oatmeal um, at the table and our house was always clean and she worked two jobs to provide for us. And she was very fun a lot. And, you know, we always knew that she loved us more than life. So um, anyway, she finally succeeded when I was 28 and she was serving a mission um, for a church and was in Scotland and, um, and she spoke to us on a tape as she was dying, and I could hear her gargling at one point. Oh, my gosh. Um, and oh. so uh, in the tape, she had just told us that, that her grandfather, which was my grandfather, great-grandfather, who had abused um, me, had raped her her whole life. Uh, she couldn't get over it. Oh, my god! I found out via Facebook um, a couple of years later that he'd also raped other members of their family, uh, other, grand, other grandkids. So um, I became really angry with her after she had passed away that she had um, let this sick man into our house after she had been through what she went through. And, um, you know, I just, I kind of feel like, I felt like as a child that I never really mattered to anyone. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have a father. You know, my mom was kind of dealing with her own issues. And I just felt like she was more of a big sister who provided the necessities, you know, that we needed in life. But um, many times, you know, we'd come home to no food or electricity being shut off. Um, and then, you know, another thing I, I, wow. I always, you know, babysat to, to earn money when I was young and I had a journal when I was 12. Um, and I look back now and it's kind of funny to me, but uh, I had a journal and I spent all summer babysitting and made about $250 and I'd planned to buy my school clothes with that money. And the next day, rent a center TV had come to repossess our TV. <laughs> oh my God. And my mom told wow. me she needed my money so that our family could keep the TV. Um, oh. 
And then when I was 18, we moved to Oregon, uh, where I lived for two years, and I started college and worked for an apartment complex. And I, I had a 48-year-old boss that started grooming and molesting me for about six months. Oh, um, wow. And he threatened me with everything. And looking back, I just, you know, I just wish I was stronger at the time and would have stood up for myself. Um, but a year after that, when I finally turned him in, a detective had come to the house and found out that this detective knew who he was because of because I wasn't his first victim. So, um, you know, the severe pain I felt in life didn't really end there. And it was just a very, very deep pain that I felt for many years. And I I just thought it wouldn't ever go away. Um, You know, in my early 30s, I found out I could never have kids. And uh, I would say the, I would say the final icing on the cake was uh, being diagnosed with stage four colon cancer when I was 42. Um, Mainly that, you know, because I was a runner and I didn't drink or smoke and I ate pretty healthy, Mm -hmm. Um, but I loved the, I loved my sugar on top of all that. So, um, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, wow. So that's, there's so much said in that one bit of, you know, that's, there's a lot to like touch on, on everything, but there's so much that you just said within that little bit that we, we talked there, um, regarding all those areas where that would make a young girl feel, you know, like you said, you you felt defeated. You didn't feel loved. Of course, none of that is something that would make someone feel worthy. If someone's going to take advantage of your body, if you, to me, you know, I, I, obviously we all want to go to our mom for our problems, but yet your mom had so many issues deep seated that you couldn't go to her. Right. Probably very much for your issues because she was dealing with her Her own. And sadly she didn't get that help. She so desperately needed. Right. You know, and I'm sure that all those times she did those things for you guys that you loved and and made, she made memories for you guys. I'm sure that in her heart, that was her life. That's what she lived for that when she was living, that was she, that's what she lived for. Oh, she definitely she lived for her kids and, and everyone. Not only, you know, not only did um, family members see that, but strangers and, and neighbors saw that, you know, that that's what she lived for was us. So, yeah. So I'm thinking of like, if there's any good I could pull from what you said, it would be that, that while she was trying her best to, you know, like defeat her own demons right. and to, to get over it and it was just such a stronghold that that sadly you know it ended the way it did but I really feel like at least you can go on that fact that wow she she really did what was her best she did her best for you guys you know she did her best the best that she could do Um, at what point do you believe you were led to you know like take on a different outlook or approach to life because you know since I've talked to you you certainly have coming from all that many people never come out of it they just they live the the you know I want to say I don't want to call it the victim life but I want to call it like they they stay in that dark hole where they are the victim even though there is opportunity to get out so what kind of took on um what led you to take on that different outlook or approach to life and did like any one person have a hand in leading you to this or is it something that you did your own searching for Um, so, you know, I mean, you hear people say things like, um, you know, this person needs to stop drinking, referring to an alcoholic, or this person needs to be more positive, referring to someone with depression. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that person already knows that. And I feel like I was that person for years. I didn't, after I went through some more sexual abuse um, in my early 30s, I, I didn't want to live anymore. And I just, I'd been through so much that I didn't think it could be possible that it would get worse. Wow. Um, and so I think, um, I don't, you know, the bottom line is that I, I never felt unconditional love. And so I think that's mm-hmm. really important as a parent that you, that you get the help that you need. You know, if you, if you know that you've got a problem that you get that help either before you have kids or it's never too late. It's never too late, too late to get the help that you need, even if your kids, Absolutely. you know, no matter how old they are. Yeah. Absolutely. And what, since you said that, I want to interject, what kind of help do you think having gone through this would help the person if there's somebody listening that's kind of going through it? Right. Yeah. What? Um. You know, I, I started, I, I did, I did pray a lot. Um. I, you know, I started thinking maybe I'm not praying the right way. You know, I even, I even thought at one point, you know, maybe the devil's listening to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to say my prayers in my head instead. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe he's way yeah. more involved in my life than I want him to be. So maybe I'll just, you know, not let him hear my prayers. But that was a great awareness, I think, mm-hmm. on your part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, at one point too, I, I, I was very upset with God and, 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 and you know, didn't even know if I believed in them. And then I just kind of, I started thinking, you know, what's, it's, it's better to believe in him and, and it not happening when I die than to not believe in him as far as living a, a healthier and happier life on this earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, I would say as far as healing, I first had to get through forgiving, forgiving. And you always hear this, but forgiving the you know, my perpetrators and, and different, the different people that had hurt me and wow. one, one being my mom, you know, cause it's, even though she, she's, she was dead, I still had to forgive her for, and, and try to understand that it wasn't, you know, she had so many demons against her as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that's just an, really, that's profound to me because I've heard so many people that, you know, I do home health and I meet a lot of families that have been through a lot of similar things, Mm -hmm. but, um, a lot of them, I, I hear when people, you know, take their own life, you hear people often say, Oh, how selfish. Oh, they must not care. Anybody care about anybody, but themselves. I mean, you hear that first of all, like, Oh my gosh, she had kids or he had kids. But yet when you're telling me what she was facing, it, it, it is important to come to that and think that's that forgiveness area because that's part of your healing. Right. And I always got so angry with people who, you know, with people who would jump to the conclusion, not knowing her, you know, Oh, she's not going to, she's not going to go to heaven because she killed herself or um, she, you know, she's, she was very selfish when none of that, you know, I, I don't believe any of that. So Right. I, I, that's why I wanted to just make that point just because it, what you said just kind of made like a light bulb go off. Like it's when you hear the story of what someone was facing, do we ever believe it's the right thing to do? No, but we have our sound minds, mm-hmm. you know, people that do it, they're not in usually their sound mind or in that desperate, obviously place. But um, like, what was part of your drive to improve your life from, from you, from you seeking God to show up in your life, something like that? Like, 
what was, do you think that was your drive to continue to improve? I guess that's what I'm asking that you were seeking God to show up daily. Um, I think, I think it was that I first um, was, you know, trying to have people, you know, I, I constantly was like, you know, why isn't, you know, this person knows that I'm hurting. Why aren't they trying to help me? You know, or this person, yes. you know, this person should be helping me. Like, don't they see that, you know, how much pain I'm in? Mm-hmm. And, but it would be, you know, day after day of agony and pain that I was going through. And, you know, I could have, maybe I hit it well, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that, that might've been. Um, I think I just started praying in hopes that God would hear me. And, and I also believe that we're not, you know, he's not going to just, if you, you know, ask him, please let me feel peace and let me, you know, let me be happy. You, you have to put your effort in to that as well. And sometimes, Absolutely. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. in the healing process, you know, people will say, you know, you've just got to start being more positive and stuff. And well, that's, you know, that's not going to work when you're at rock bottom, you know, just doing that, but a daily, a daily routine of really working hard to, um, to healing your life and being more positive and manifesting good and praying, you know, to God that he can help you along the way, I think. is So, so I, I'm, I'm hearing that definitely, but I wanted to interject when you say you were praying more and hoping that he was hearing you, of course, because, you know, you hadn't been, you hadn't had that close relationship yet. Right. What, when you say what, when you say you got to put forth that effort with it, what, if you will, what was your effort? Because you've done amazing. So what do you think along with praying or starting to pray in the beginning, what, what do you remember your effort was that you made such a change? I know that's kind of a tough question, but yeah. Um, so, so um, I remember probably, you know, the very first time that I felt that I felt like I needed my life to change for the better was, actually after cancer and I had um, purchased a, a camper and turned it to a tiny home. And I left um, this area and I just, I, I went all over the country, all over the country. And wow. I had visited um, Utah where I had lived for about seven years of my life. And we had lived in, I would say probably, I don't know, probably about 30 homes within Provo and Orem area in Utah. And I, I was driving with my dogs just up this main street and I hadn't visited there since I was probably, you know, lived there when I was 15 or so. And I pulled up to a house that um, we had lived in and I, I felt my spirit leave my body. And wow. I just kind of relived some of the moments and some of the sexual abuse I went through in that home from my mom's boyfriend. And it, it's kind of like, wow. a, like a, a, a um, let me think, like more of a, it happened very fast in a matter of seconds, my thoughts and everything. Mm -hmm. And I left there and I felt, you know, my spirit go back in my body and I didn't know it was, it really kind of freaked me out. And I went back to my camper where I, where I spent three years living in. And I just, um, you know, I just told myself that I'm done, that I'm, you know, I, I feel like there was always a fire inside of me to want better and to do better and to, you know, go down the good path and do, do what you're supposed to and, you know, just live a good life. And I've always, I've always helped every, you know, different people and been there, but that's another thing I wanted to, 
to talk about is um, when you're depressed and when you're thinking about your life, it's so hard to, um, to step out and help others. It's so hard to leave your house sometimes, you know, but that is, it's so important, even if it, you know, if it's a neighbor, if it's anything to, to, you know, show, um, to help other people and their time to to serve other people. The servant's heart. Yeah. I feel like that's a great answer to that question. Like, what was your effort? So your effort was, I feel like number one, you, you started traveling the world. You started doing things that you love. Like what does Brandy love? Yeah. I just, I Brandy love to see. And you started doing that and then you started, you know, kind of soul searching and then finding out who you could help. And then in doing that, I feel like that is a major part of healing. Don't you? And maybe revisiting, um, the, the trauma that I had been through, you know, maybe taking one more revisit to it, to, to clear it up and be done with it. Um, yes, yes. That's, that's key for sure. mm -hmm. So like in looking back, um, at your life, just from picturing that defeat to victory that we've all heard so far, what steps did you take to get out of that dark place? And you did cover that some already. I didn't know if there was something else going to come to your mind. So like, just what steps do you, did you take that to get out of that dark spot that might help somebody else listening? Um, Because we know this isn't an overnight process. These things take time. So just give like a breakdown on how you began to walk like towards the light, just in everyday activities. Like even tell them about some of the things you share with me about, this little lady that you help all the time. And, and, you know, all the people that you do things for, I feel like you do them out of wanting to serve and not saying, Hey, I'll charge you this amount. You just go and do it. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about, um, I thought about the steps in healing and it is a hard, I I can't even, you know, it's hard for me to explain. Um, Sure. And I, yeah, I think everyone, you know, I feel like, I feel like we're all in different planes and we're all flying in the sky and, and everyone is going to dip down and everyone's going to rise above. It's just, we're all in different planes at different times. And mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I think, like I said, for me, I think it was just waking up and being so sick and tired of having a negative, horrible life. Um, I, I was just sick of, of, you know, I, I constantly manifested as well, you know, things, oh, I'm sure my car is going to break down today. Oh, you know, I, I bet, you know, probably I'm sure my cancer is going to come back, you know, this and that. And I realized what I was saying and I had to really work hard to change that, to change the way yeah, my thought process was. And, and it, and it wasn't overnight. It took, you know, it took a couple of years actually after cancer, I would say, you know, just in the past couple of years. So how long since you tell me a little bit about the cancer, as far as when, what year did it happen and how long have you been, um, in remission? So I was diagnosed. Um, I actually was due to open a musical daycare on 30A here, right on the beach. Um, and that I had moved over to the facility April 1st, 2015. Um, and June 11th, 2015, I was diagnosed. And um, thrown into emergency surgery, um, it just kind of it seemed like everything just kind of went crazy and, um, you know, went downhill from there as far as my health and just, just everything. Okay. Um, I did not have health insurance. 
I thought I was super healthy and, you know, I was a runner and I, you know, all that stuff. And so I just, I just, I, I never imagined that that would happen. Right. Um, and so um, I went through, I guess it was about eight months of chemo and surgeries and had my port placed and everything. And just, um, I can't even, the experience of, of going through chemo and, and going through it alone was probably the hardest thing I had members of this community. It was crazy. They did a fundraiser for me. Um, it, it just was crazy wow. how, how much service and, and everything I got from the community. And I, I really believe that that was kind of my payback for everything I have done in my life as far as get, you know, serving and giving to others. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That really is with, without, the members of this community, there's no way I would have, there's no way I would have made it. Wow. That's a great testimony for mm-hmm. just your community and those around you that just stepped up and came through it's completely. Yeah. You no. Know? Yep. And, and that God was, you know, helped had a hand in that. Right. You know, to just bless you with that. I you know. know that could have gone easily a different way. Right. Um, I love that. And also I, I did, I wanted to ask and I, I just um, haven't yet, but just tell a little bit about how you, you, um, you know, got your daughter and a little bit about her and how she has helped you in this whole healing process. And just, you know, the, the part of being a mom and how that, what are you trying to instill in her now? Because now the, the, you know, the tables have changed. Now you're the mom who had a, 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 a battle to fight most of your life. And now what do you, I don't know, just tell us a little bit about that, that relationship with your daughter. And then we'll, We'll try to wrap it up. Sure. So I met her um, a year and a half ago, and I was I was babysitting um, for a friend's daughter uh, when I met her, um, and she started sleeping over with me at times. And um, basically, to make a long story short, I had to turn the person in that had her to DCF. Um, for everything that she had told me that she was going through and um, wow. you know just a, a really hard life and not you know not the same path that I went down but her own path and and many different issues that she had to go through and experience that that I never did and um, in January she became my foster daughter um, and so she's I guess it's January 7th that she's lived with me for a year just a year wow yes yes. and I can't even tell you I mean I just it's just crazy it's still crazy to me because she you know she looks like me and I can see her personality I mean she's she's stubborn like me (laughs) you know (laughs) um, and and it's it's the hardest thing you know not only did I just all of a sudden take on a kid but I had to take on everything that everyone else put her through. Um, yep. And so it, that's been quite the challenge, but it's just, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I just, no, I wouldn't trade a, it for the world. What a blessing if she looks like you and has a little bit of your personality. What a blessing though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely, that's where I definitely feel like, um, you know, God, I mean, this was a God send. You know, Absolutely. Having... And I feel like too, just what, what you have, the experiences you have and what you've been through and how you've overcome, like what a blessing for her, that little girl. Yeah. And you know, I've had to decide what all I I'm going to talk to her about. 
Absolutely. because I, I do not, you know, I don't want her to have to go through half of the years that I, you know, lived in pain yes. and agony. Um, and so I think it's very important, you know, to get her the help and healing that she needs now um, so that she can have a happy life and, um, Oh, that's you know, wonderful. prosperous. So, yeah. And I, I hope that you won't mind, but I'm going to ask you, you shared with me when we first talked about something to do with her in prayer or her and believing in God or not and how, what you started something with her that seems to help the whole situation. And I can't remember the exact yes. story. Yeah. So when I, when I first got her, um, I, you know, I would, I would tell her, we're going to say, you know, nightly prayers and we would kneel down and she had no idea how to say a prayer. Wow. Um, yeah. I had, I had to teach her and then she got, you know, a little embarrassed a couple of times when I asked her to her, you know, for her to pray, to say the family prayer. And, um, and how old is she? She's 11. I got her when okay. she was 10. Okay. Yeah. So, um, she told me early on that she did not believe in God and I asked her why. And she said, um, because he took her mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and so her mom, her mom, you know, I, I don't, I never, I've never met her. I don't know her. I do know her family. And, um, I believe as well with her mother, she was on meth, you know, and did drugs most of her life. And I think, you know, her, I think her mother was lost. I think she didn't, didn't know who she was as a person, but she actually ended up dying of cancer as well. And so she, um, she, uh, she, you know, she was very hurt and understandably and just trying to heal um, yes. from her life and stuff. And so I kind of, I, you know, I told her, I said, you know what? I said, what if it's the devil? You know, that, what if it's a devil that took her and, and not God? What if this is, you know, why are we blaming God for all the bad things that happen in life? Why aren't we blaming the devil? Yes. Um, and so I started having her join different youth activities and different things. And she did tell me at one point that she felt like that was helping her to heal. Um, oh, I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. So I think, wow. You know, I believe that she's starting to, in fact, you know, we, we've been taking a lot of trips lately and we always say a prayer before we leave um, that we'll travel in safety and things like that. And I have yes. her say the last prayer, um, as we went on a trip and, and it was beautiful. Um, oh, it's so special. Yeah. I have like, goosebumps. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, so just think of what, I don't know, for me, I'm just going to tell you, you're instilling so many wonderful things in this child. And this is probably one of the best yeah. because now whatever she faces in her life, cause you started her so young, you know, and she is going to overcome this. She, you know, she is, and we can all pray for her, whoever's listening yes. to, or for both of you. But, yes. but I feel like, if anything you're instilling in her is that it's this kind of thing and where she can get her help and where she can heal. And it's just amazing. I love this. <laughs> I love this whole story. Yeah. I really do. So I just want to say thank you so much you're So welcome. for, I appreciate for it. sharing yeah. all of this. And just to recap for, for everybody, just keep in mind that this wonderful lady, Brandy, in, in part of her healing process, she did a lot of this on her own time. As far as there was no one around, you know, like that old saying, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired yes. of the way you're living rings true to this story because, you know, how many of us would take up our camper and, and, and travel the world and try to live on our own 
and fight our demons and seek God and travel the world and do the things we love just in on our own. Like that's, that's a difficult task for many. And I think also and one more thing, you did that, you know, one more thing is that everyone, when you go through life, you think oh, I'm too old to change and no, you're not, you know, this life is short and we're going to be living in a better life after, but you know, why yes. not start now with that better life? You know, that's right. So. Oh, I love that. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you. I love the fire inside of you, girl. <laughs> thank you <laughs> and so you're much. Definitely, <laughs> you're definitely a woman of grit. <laughs> thank Yay. you. And um, I hope to get together with you soon. Love you. And um, yeah, well, good night, everybody. Thanks you for listening to the Women of Grit podcast. Thank you, Pam.